So no, it was an encouraging time. It was a great... Uh, oh, actually, the other, the other um, group of people that say hi to us are, are, are great friends of ours, a guy called uh, Mark and Liz Ewans. Um, they are, are part of a church called, uh, were a part of a church called Highway Church, which is in Ulladulla. It's like about three hours from Sydney. It's a, it's a, wee, uh, it's a wee church that's just had some incredible, incredible impact. There's um, church planters getting sent out of there all the time. And um, they sent out church planters for a number of years. And then eventually they realised that, well, maybe they should be the church planters. And so they've planted a church in Sydney and they're um, just doing some pretty amazing things there. And so they send their love as well. They're, they're going to come over. Um, Mark refuses to come over when it's single digits. Um, he's the kind of guy, if we get him to preach here, he's going to be in like... Um, he, he won't wear shoes if he doesn't have to. Um, he won't wear pants if he doesn't have... He'll wear shorts. Like, yeah, so, like uh, just, just make me very clear. Just be very clear about that. He will wear something, but yeah. No, so that's the thing. Hey, um, so for today, what, what I wanted to talk about is uh, I wanted to talk about casting your nets again. Okay? Um, who likes fishing? We've got a couple of people, all right? We've got a few people. Fishing's a great time if the fishing's good, hey? Fishing is a good time when the fishing's good. Going fishing for blue cod is a good time because blue cod are stupid. Okay, blue cod will, blue cod will strike at a, at a bear hook. Blue card will strike at rope if they can see rope swinging, so you don't even always need a hook. Um, they're, they're stupid, it's great. Who's ever had a day where they've gone fishing, but it has been terrible? <coughs> Shannon's like, every time I've been with you, sweetheart. Um, <laughs> which is true. <laughs> when the fishing's good, fishing is easy, but when the fishing's hard... You get to the end of a terrible day fishing, and it's like, oh man, I don't think I ever want to go fishing again. My granddad, he was a terrible fisherman. <laughs> he, was, he was actually, he never caught a fish in his entire life, and he went fishing every year since he was a wee fella. And so he, he, he taught my dad how to fish, and my dad taught me how to fish, so I've never been able to fish particularly well. <laughs> All right? But I remember the first time I almost caught my first fish, okay? It was down at our house. My granddad was with me. And um, it, it, was aw- it was awesome, um, the, 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 uh, rain, uh, the brown trout, it's brown because I'm from a town river, so, and I was downwind of the freezing rope, so even the rainbow trout are brown. Um, and so, um, they have three eyes, anyway, chicken legs. Um, so, you know the fish in the Simpsons? Yeah, no, that's what we caught in the Matawa River. But... I got this fish, and it was my first bite. I was about eight years old, and Granddad was with me. It's like, Dad, Granddad, I've got this fish. Like, I was just wanting to show them that I had a fish. It was like, yeah, check me out. What I was really doing was an eight-year-old, <laughs> check me out, guys. All right. But what actually happened was um, Granddad looks over. He's like, oh, my goodness, there's a fish there. And I distinctly remember this because my, my Granddad was an amazing guy. I, I loved my Granddad. But I distinctly remember literally getting pushed out of the way. One minute I had the rod in my hand. The next minute, Granddad going, I'll take care of this, and separated the rod from me. And suddenly I'm sort of like sitting on the bank like this going, what? What happened? And I see Granddad and he's, uh, he's, reeling, this, he's reeling this fish in, and it gets in and it gets onto the coal seam because Matawa River it has a wee bit of, a wee bit of coal and, and stuff like that in it. Gets there. And you know what happens next, hey? 
So the fish flops just one last time and it flops off the hook and a sea go bloop 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 splop. <laughs> and that was literally the last time I ever went fishing with my granddad. In fact, I think that was the last time he ever went fishing. That was it. It was done and it wasn't even his fish. It was my fish. See, when you haven't caught fish for a while, you actually get desperate what lengths that you'd go to in order to catch a fish. You actually steal someone else's fish, which is bad. Alright? But we're in the business of church planting. Okay? This is what we're doing. This is what we've decided to do as a group. If you're here today, whether you uh, realize it or not, you're actually part of the process of church planting. Part of um, establishing a work of God in Cromwell. Or in central Otago, alright? And I don't know about you, but there's been times where church planting or, or, or doing stuff can be hard work. There's certain stuff that I do in my life that is just hard work. Alright? Um, I've got this quote here, working hard for something we don't care about is called stress. Working hard for something we don't care about is called stress. Working hard for something we love is called passion. And that's the thing. So I want to talk to you about fishing today. Alright? Now, um, it's in uh, Luke chapter 5. So for those of you that read your Bibles and are playing at home. So Luke chapter 5. And it's where Jesus calls some of his first disciples. And it's not, unu- it's not unusual. I think it's no coincidence that the first disciples were fishermen. Okay? So this is how it went. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of uh, Genesaret, and he saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them. Who knows that when the fishermen have left the boat, it's been a bad night's fishing. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. Verse 4. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Has anyone ever been in that situation where they've toiled all night and caught nothing? Um, Called parenthood for some of us. We've um, just gone through July school holidays. We have toiled all night. And probably seen nothing. Um, the best time that my kids have had this, uh, that my daughter has had this uh, this week, is uh, been hanging out at someone else's house. Thanks, Kim. Thanks for taking them. Just by the way. So. But Simon answered and said to him, "Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, it's always good to have a nevertheless. At your word, I will let down the net." And when they had done this, they'd caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, so, so much so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For e, for e, for e, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the the sons of Zebedee, 
which is one of my favorite names, who were Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their, lo- uh, their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. What an awesome story. I love that story that when um, Jesus first comes to meet these fishermen, they're cleaning their nets and had caught nothing. Oh, man. We've all been in that place before. Where we've worked hard but experienced disappointment. Maybe we've been fishing in the wrong waters. Maybe we're just fishing from a place of safety or comfort, fishing from the bank, so to speak. Maybe we've been working for too long at the wrong thing, pouring ourselves out to the wrong God. See, the thing that we need to understand is that the energy we, need, uh, we put in needs to put out fruit. We need to be fruitful in what we do. See, and God wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to be faithful, and he wants us to be fruitful. All right? See, the thing is, is there's nothing worse than cleaning the nets when there's been nothing caught. So for today, as we all know, it wasn't about the fish. It wasn't about the fishermen. Jesus calls us to be fishers of men. And I believe that the word for us today as a church is that it's time to cast the nets again. It's time to cast our nets again. See, the great thing is, is I don't know how, about, how you fish, but I've got some secret fishing tricks that are, that are all right. My most secret fishing trick is illegal. Um, but my second most secret fishing trick is, uh, is um, my dad taught me to feed the fish sawdust. Like, uh, I don't mean sawdust as in uh, wood. I mean, um, my dad was a meat inspector, so he taught me that if you feed the fish sawdust, A, you fatten them up, and B, when it's actually time to catch a fish, you're probably more likely to get one, because they're your pets. <laughs> the downside is, is that my dad was an animal lover, and so his fish that were fat... I was never allowed to catch. (laughs) So if I saw a fish that was above a certain size, that was probably one of Dad's pets, and I couldn't catch them, which is completely irrelevant. I don't know I brought that up. Um, It's time for us to cast our nets again. See, this is the thing. In Luke chapter 5, when Jesus first meets um, Simon Peter, they were cleaning their nets, plural. So they were cleaning more than one net. And then Jesus, at Jesus' word, they let down the net. Singular. Okay, so they'd already tried stuff in their own strength. And they'd used every trick, every net that they had. And then when Jesus came, they actually scaled back their expectation to fit what they thought was going to happen. So rather than casting down the nets, plural, they only had enough faith for one net. Does that make sense? So it leads me to this question, or this is the question that I have. How often have we scaled back our dream to avoid disappointment? So I'll say that again because it's a good question. How often do we scale back our dream to avoid disappointment? See, the thing is, is that I don't know about you, but my expectations, I can set some crazy expectations. Um, I can see unrealistic expectations, and quite often I'll actually, um, I'll actually rip on myself if my expectations aren't, aren't met. St- whatever it is, whatever I put my hand to, I could still be completely successful. It could still be amazing, and if it doesn't meet my expectations, then disappointment starts to come in. 
And the next time I actually go after that, after that thing, whether it's a, a youth event, whether it's um, doing something for the community, if it hadn't worked last time and Jesus tells me to do it again, I'm in danger. I'm, in, um, I, I'm one of those people that if I don't succeed the first time, oh man, that's it. I'm going to scale back. I'm just going to, I'm going to go back to realistic, my nice steady expectations. That's not what Jesus asks us to do. It's not what Jesus calls us to do. Jesus doesn't ask us to scale back our dreams. In fact, the portion of the dream that Jesus has given us is actually only just a little window into everything that he has for you. It's because if you saw the full picture of where Jesus wants to take you, you wouldn't go because you weren't ready. So Jesus gives us a little picture. He gives us a little taste of what could be. See, there can be a gap between our expectation and the realisation of that expectation. It might, not, it might look different. And if we have expectation, there can be disappointment. But we have to understand that we're called on purpose and we're called for a purpose. See, if we live by our emotions, if we live by what we see in the natural, if we live by our feelings, do you know our emotions can get rocked by one Sunday? Our, 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 um, our emotions can get rocked by one negative experience. Um, I, I'm a bit awkward when it comes to girls. We're growing up. I was a bit awkward when it comes to girls. Um, I, I, I went one of two ways. I was either pleasantly indifferent. I thought like playing it cool, but actually that just come across as cold, hard, and gay. Um, <laughs> it's a story for another time. Okay. Or... I would be all in. And there was nothing. So the, the, the girlfriend that I had before Shannon, um, she actually just wanted to hang out and just maybe watch movies and stuff like that. I thought that my idea of being a good boyfriend was to be like all in. Look at us. Why don't we make, why don't we make a nice husband and wife? Why don't you look at our kids? Our kids are going to be so cute, aren't they? And funnily enough, it didn't last very long. We can't let our emotions be governed by one event. One bad experience does not make you a failure. One bad experience does not make it a disaster. One bad experience does not mean, doesn't mean that that's bad fishing waters. Okay? Do you know what? Some of, the best, um, some of the best gifts of God that I have now started in disaster. So one of the things that I'm genuinely pretty good at is hanging out with young people. When I first hung out with young people, young people should not have hung out with me because I was not a good role model to be around. I could attract young people, but I would also corrupt young people. Hey, Shan. You know it. But the thing is, is that what makes cleaning the nets easy is catching fish. God's doing something powerful here in Cromwell. We might not see the reality of that, the full picture isn't revealed, but we can cast our nets out in faith. We can use who we are, we can use what we have, and no matter, no matter what, what tackle we have, no matter whether we're using a net, a line, whatever, it might look different, but we're going to use the skills that God's given us to start catching fish and keep catching fish. Some of us might be casting out nets, some of us might be casting out single lines. Do you know what? That's absolutely okay. That's awesome because different fish are caught by different bait. There are some incredible people in this place. There's worship leaders, there's missionaries, there's, YWAM, there's YWAMers, there's kids pastors, there's youth pastors, there's young adults pastors. 
There's um, people who are royalty. There are people who have been part of some incredible journeys and seen some incredible things of God. And then we've got formless, lumpless clumps of clay that don't even know where they are, who they are and where they are at the moment. But God's got some incredible things for them as well. Because, first of all, they're formless and shapeless, and then God spoke. See, the thing is, is that we need to keep catching fish, or people will stop cleaning the nets. So as a church, as people, we need to, we need to aim for reaching people, not keeping people. We're called to reach people and not keep people. See, reaching people is faith-motivated. We're going to reach a community. We're going to reach a city. As soon as we get to the point where we're going to make sure that everyone in here is feeling safe and feeling comfortable and having a good time, um, we're, we're, now a, we're now a Sunday morning breakfast club. We're not called to be on the banks of the river. We're called to go out into the deep waters and to keep casting our nets. So for this place here, this is just a place for us to clean our nets. This is a place for us to continue um, to maybe try some new stuff. This is a safe place for us to actually um, push out in ways that we haven't been before. This is a place where we can hear from God. And then we know where to cast our nets for the next week. Mm, So here's a couple of thoughts that I have. Are we prepared to increase our capacity to accommodate a greater catch? Now, I don't know about you. There has to be some reason why we're in this space. There's no bigger space than this space in Cromwell, apart from outside. I'm not keen. Not keen? Not at the moment, hey. You need to eat more chicken. But we're here for a reason. See, the thing is, as we grow, as we get larger, more is more of everything. So the good stuff, there's going to be more of. The bad stuff, there's going to be more of. See, if we're not prepared for the more, the more can do damage. Now, I don't know about you, but who, um, who watched some of the America's Cup? Who watched Team New Zealand? No. Okay, that's, uh, this is going to work for about half of you. One of the things that um, the Team New Zealand team said um, is that when it comes to design, when it comes to trying stuff, they needed to be 100% okay with failure. 100% okay with failure. When the boat tipped, it wasn't actually, that was them trying something new. That wasn't failure to them, that was more feedback. And one of the things that they said was that what we tried to do when it comes to the design is that we couldn't outspend the other teams. So what we were trying to do was we were trying to throw our design ball, throw our vision as far as we could throw it, and then see if we could run to catch it. So we'd throw our vision ball as far as we could throw it, and then see if we could run to catch it. And that's what they did the whole time. As soon as they got to that point, they'd throw it again. That's how they got cyclists on the boat. See, the thing is, is that if we're operating the way that God wants us to operate, we need to start dreaming ridiculous dreams. See, because small dreams are not going to glorify God. Only ridiculous dreams. See, um... We need to be prepared to dream ridiculous dreams because God will meet us in the miracle. All right, so for me, the, the dream that I have, the dream that I have for here is that um, we're going to reach 10% of the Cromwell area. Now, that means at this particular point in time, it's about 400 people, which means that, yeah, no, we'd probably be able to fit everyone in here if we did. So that's my ridiculous dream at the moment. That's as far, that's the faith that I have. Oh, man, if we reach 10% of the community... That would be incredible. That would be a God-given 
There will be a, a, a move of God. There will be something significant happening. There will be salvations that are happening every week. But see, if we're beginning to move towards that goal, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So we need to start doing things differently. We need to start thinking differently. We need to start being ridicul- dream ridiculous dreams. And it's not just the dream of one person. It's not just the dream of two people. You need to dream ridiculous dreams as well. See, there's areas that you're going to reach that I can't reach. There's people that you can speak to that I can't speak to. There's people that you have giftings for and compassion for and mercy for that are your ones, your people that you can reach, your people that you can invite along, your people that you can um, let to, let, uh, point to Jesus and get out of the way. See, the thing is, is if we can't pray for the people beside us, how are we ever going to expect to pray for people in the community that we don't know? See, if this is the case, if we begin to reach 10% of the community, we need to be willing to partner with people. That was the thing. Once the catch got too big for the fishermen, they actually called out to their partners. See, if God begins to move in this region, it's not going to be contained by one church. It's not going to be contained by one flavor. It's not going to be contained by one expression. There's going to be people that walk in here and want to walk out straight away, and that's okay. Our job is to actually point them to the community of believers that they're going to feel a part of. Oh, no, no worries. You don't, you don't like the yelling pastor up the front. Well, that's cool. This, this pastor over here, he's much nicer. He's much gentler. Um, he doesn't say inappropriate things. Maybe you should go and hang out with them. See, the thing is, is that it doesn't matter if it's that church is being built. It doesn't matter if the church down the road is being built. If the church is being built, the church is being built. Amen? Amen. That's good. See, we need to be prepared to partner. Once the net started breaking, the fishermen called for their partners. We need to be prepared to um, lay down everything and only pick up what God tells us to. There's a cost to following Jesus. See, that's the thing is that stress is working hard for something that you don't care about. Man, have a look at our lives at the moment. How much of what we do when it comes down to it is not important to the core reason that we're here. See, that your reason might not necessarily be, uh, your reason might not necessarily be to, to stand up in front of people and preach the gospel. Your, your reason, your thing, your net, the thing that you're, you're built for, the thing that you're made for. God's created you that way for a reason. So why would you not spend as much time as you possibly can doing that thing in such a way that it glorifies God and builds the kingdom? It doesn't matter whether you're a gamer, it doesn't matter whether you're a geek, it doesn't matter whether you're a sportsman, it doesn't matter whether you're an outsider, it doesn't matter whether you're a teacher, pastor, (coughs) fuel pumper, beekeeper. Man, you can use that stuff to glorify God. You can use that stuff to build the kingdom, the stuff that's that's set aside for you that no one else can do. See, as as a church... We've been here, we've been hanging out here for a year. We've decided to hang out together. We're not just hanging out to hang out to hang out. We're hanging out for a reason. We're here to catch fish. We're here to make God's name famous in the high places and the low places. We want to see the heal the, the healed. We want to see the sick made well. We want to see miracles in our community. We want to see miracles in our workplace. We want to see prayer meetings break out in our schools. We want to see um, people come to know Jesus in ridiculous ways. We want our town, we want our region to be a place where nowhere is safe from 
God. Nowhere's off limits. Nowhere's out of bounds. I'm going to finish in a minute because judging me, I... Yeah. There's a cost to following Jesus. See, the thing is, is that our job is not to catch fish. Our job is not to judge the fishing ground. If Jesus tells us to work somewhere, we don't go, oh, no, that's hard ground there. There's hard people there. Our job is not to judge the quality or the size of the fish. No, I'm sorry. I'm used to dealing with much larger fish than those. I don't like the look of those fish. I don't like the smell of those fish. Those fish taste funny. That's not our job. Our job is to put our nets where Jesus tells us to. Nets. Plural, use whatever we have, whatever we've got, and put it where he tells us to. See, it was never a case of the talent of the fishermen. If the fishermen are professional fishermen, then they're fishermen for a reason. They know how to fish. It was never anything to do with skill level. It was never anything to do with talent. It was Jesus who turned the boat into a miracle. Well, let me put it another way. It's Jesus who turns the vessel into the miracle. You're sitting here today. You're someone else's miracle in the community. You are the answer to prayer that they're waiting for. See, it's not the fact whether we're willing to... uh, Our job is not to catch fish. See, what what was the deal? At the end of the day... All that we had to do was we had to be available. We needed to be willing to go again. We needed needed to be willing to try again. We need to start believing for ridiculous things so that we can have those but for the grace of God go I moments. How did that happen? I don't know. It's a miracle. God moved and it happened. How did you get through that door? How did you meet that person? I, I don't know. God moved and there was a way. So what are we going to believe for, church? What do you see? Ultimately, we live out the picture of what's in us. What's in us will come out of us. Amen? Whatever you see, you outwork. It's time to dream again. It's time to go again. When you dream, you bring along as many as you can. It's just amazing when you follow God, your dream will intertwine with someone else, with many in this world, and better yet, it paves hope and life for this generation and the generation to come. See, the thing is, is that when it stops speaking, Jesus said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Um, The the verse around that and, and what it actually means is put out into the deep water, go to the unknown places. Move to the unknown reaches of grace. Go where you've never gone before. See, the thing is, is until we leave our comfort zone, we'll never reach our grace zone. Until we leave our comfort zone, we have no need for the grace of God to work in our life. I was going to tell you a couple of stories about shout, but I don't think I will. See, the thing is, is that we meet Jesus... 
and we begin to dream. We have access to a life that we never thought ourselves capable of. We begin to look differently at situations. We see giants as opportunities. We see resistance as strength training. We see the broken as children worthy of God's favor. We see people not as they are, but as God sees them as who they could be. He gives us identity and purpose. He partners with us and he teaches us a new way to live. God's telling us to put out into the deep water and move to the unknown reaches of grace. And we need to respond. Let's position ourselves in prayer, prophetically, living intentionally, looking for those places where we can once again cast our nets. That's me. That's, the, that's my message. I just wanted to um, give an older call. So, so you, um, I believe God's called us to go. If you've never gone before, if you've never gone to those places before, it's time to go. If you've been there and done that, if you, you might be sitting there going, no, I've, I've already been, I've already tried, it didn't work. I believe God's telling you to go again. Cast your nets again. Because it's when you cast your nets that you'll find your miracle. See, I don't want to live in I can't. I don't want to live in the land of I can't. I don't want to live in the land of I won't. I don't want to live in the land where I get to the end of my life and I, I say I almost. I almost did this. I almost succeeded here. I almost changed my community for Christ. I almost listened to the call of God on my life. Ah, oh, that doesn't feel good at all. Francesco, who's um, uh, the Equippers Rome pastor, he, he's literally planted a church in Rome. Now, I don't know about you, but there's already a pretty significant church there. <laughs> one, or two. One, one or two. He runs the second biggest gathering of believers in Rome, second only to the Pope. And he made this statement at Shout, which I, I just can't deal with. It, it, just, uh, it just destroyed me. He said, we're the second biggest gathering of Christians in Rome. We're second only to the Pope. But don't worry, the competition isn't over yet. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. We can take any giant in the land. We can overcome any obstacle, not because of who we are, but because of who's in us. Francesco said this other thing. In fact, I, I think eventually we'll, we'll watch Francesco's message because I, I really loved it. It was so challenging to me. But he said, what if David said, I don't fight giants? Uh, what if he said, I don't create songs? I'm not a songwriter. What if Paul said, I don't write letters? What if Noah said, I don't build arcs? What if the disciples said, we've already been fishing. We don't catch men. See, you might be sitting here today and thinking that you're unqualified, untrained, untested. Well, let's just remember, Noah built the ark and the greatest shipwrights of the world built the Titanic. (laughs) Noah built the ark, boat builders built the Titanic. God wants us to dream impossible dreams because impossible dreams are better than legitimate excuses. God wants us to dream again. For some of us, God wants us to breathe again. Not operating in your area of calling, not operating in your area of giftedness is like holding your breath for a long period of time. 
you suffocate, you pass out, you burn out. I believe that this is a prophetic word, that it's time for you to let your horizon stretch from what is to what could be. You've been living in the land of what is for too long. You need to start stretching your eyes towards the horizon of what could be. Let me just pray for you guys. Lord, I thank you so much that you call us to cast our nets. I thank you so much that you call us to go out into those deep places where we find your grace, Lord. Lord, I, 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 in those areas where we've um, shrunk back, in those areas where our, our dreams have gotten smaller, Lord, we repent of that. We say we change our minds. We say, I'm sorry for that. Lord, teach us how to dream again. Teach us how to dream ridiculous dreams. Teach us how to dream prophetic dreams. Teach us how to dream um, in, in such a way that we can see situations not, as, not necessarily as they are, but as you see them, Lord. Not as what is, but as what will be. Lord, I just pray that, um, that you continue to stir us, that we would have a heart for the lost, a heart for the broken, that we begin to see miracles in our, miracles in our marketplace, Lord. Lord, that, uh, that, that, uh, that there would be such a, a wave of your spirit that every area of community, uh, every area of community, every area of society would be touched, Lord. Lord, we thank you for those that know you here. We pray for those who don't yet know you, that you would uh, draw them closer to you. In your mighty name. Amen. We're going to throw, um, we're going to throw a song on. Um, it's uh, Shorty Got Low by... T- no. Uh,